You know those long, boring business meetings we all have to attend here and there? Well, this is not one of them. This episode is dedicated to a couple of different things geared around your business life and how to conduct business for a new idea and taking a new idea and turning it into a small business. And with us today, we have Alexandra Orzik, who is going to be walking us through some of the steps at a high level, and we'll, we'll delve into some of the subjects as we go along. And as we talk, I want you to keep in mind how can our methods of communication be a benefit to you in your life, no matter what your job is? How can you nicely say, I completely disagree with that idea, let's move on, in a professional, productive way? How can you nicely say, yes, that is a good idea, but here are a couple of tweaks, right? So listen for those subject subject cues as we're talking and find out what can apply to you in your life. I love it. I love it. I just... Can I can I uh, just let you know that one thing that's really worked for me? I know we're getting ready to jump in, <laughs> but is the um, de- delineation of nice versus clear? Ooh. Because some people are really nice, but they're very unclear. Yes, and so you end up with a situation where uh, what they wanted to communicate was not heard, mm-hmm. um, and because they're so nice, they think that their niceness means that they're clear. So I I, I hear what mm-hmm. you're saying. You want to make sure that you have a, you keep a connecting, a relationship that's connected. Yes. Uh, but just to, to be a bit more clear. No, and I think also on the flip side, folks who tend to be very clear and concise in their communication are often labeled as bullies or jerks. Yeah, because I mean, that can happen too, just mm-hmm. because they don't take into account other people's feelings. So there has to yeah. be a... Like, can we call it nicer? I guess it's nicer. Mm. I was trying to combine the words, but it didn't work very well. Clear and nice? Yeah. Clice. Clice. Doesn't have a good ring to it. No, no. Seems like something you'd you'd pick up near lice. Let's call it successful. (laughs) 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 And we're done. We're done. (laughs) And that's it, folks. Thanks for coming to our TED podcast. It's the gayest part of your day. Sit back and grab a shot Right today, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, some startup ideas. But I think what's really important to to come across is you can anybody can you know talk about ideas and actually bring their ideas to fruition. Mm-hmm. And I really want to make sure, no matter bi- how big or big or small um, the idea you think the idea is, the act of just doing these next steps can move you along. A lot of people just do not take that step. They just don't take the first step. Yep. Yep. And the first step is usually the hardest. It's the scariest. Yeah. And where do, how do you take the, where do you go? What do you do? Do you just Google how to start a business and then. I'm pretty sure you just listen to this podcast. That's, you're right. You're right. Don't listen to anything else. (laughs) Just these two women on this podcast. That's it. Yep. That's it. Okay. So. I think for this episode, it's we need to lay out our background. So education and job experience. So I will start. I I went to college to be a high school history teacher. We, I graduated. We definitely need more of those. I'm sorry, I won't interrupt you, but we definitely need more. 
Yeah, but here's the thing. In 2008, during the Ooh. peak of the last recession, okay, <laughs> is when I graduated. And so they were just not hiring teachers. They weren't hiring anything. And I taught for a couple of years. And then I ended up working at Citibank in Boston for about two years. I've been with my current company for six years and I am a project manager and I project manage solar projects. So companies that want to put solar on their roof or in their parking lot come through me and I take them from the beginning to the end and do it as efficiently and quickly and safely as I can. And so I have a lot of hats, I think, at work. I, I work with a lot of different types of people with all different backgrounds. And I think it's great. And I have to work with customers and engineers and contractors and other project managers. So I have a nice selection, a nice, a nice variety of people that I work with that has given me a ton of experience over the last few years since I've been doing that. But I, yeah, I definitely have a background that's all over the place from teaching high school juniors to, you know, being in executives with people who run JP Morgan and Citibank in New York, you know, it's, it's, it's good all that you over have, the place. It's good that you have that juxtaposition mm-hmm. because then you, you have different perspectives. If you were just with the Citibank people or just, um, in, in high school, they, they both offer fantastic perspectives, but having both or, or even, oh yeah, it helps. And it's, it, they're so different, which is, is part of what I love about <laughs> both of them. Actually, there's, there's two ends of the spectrum. So what about you, Alex? Tell us a little bit about your um, Let's see. I went to the University of Victoria in British Columbia, Canada. Uh, I was born and raised in Texas, and I wanted something different. So mm-hmm. I, I just was like, you know what? I'm not going to go to a different state. I'm going to go to a different country, and it was for the nerdiest reason. <laughs> um, it was the exchange rate made it cheaper for me with yeah. an American dollar to go to Canada than it would have been uh, an out-of-state and even some of the in-state schools. And I thought... You know, I, even at 18 years old, I was a big nerd and I thought mm-hmm. this is, this is the next thing for me. So, um, that is awesome. What kind of percent do you think you saved? Oh, it was a dollar 47 to a dollar. So oh, wow. a, a, a pretty large yes. percent. Um, you know, it's, it's been great after that. I, um, have worked in, um, worked my way up as a CFO of a midsize company mm-hmm. and, uh, we had about 160 employees, I, I helped grow their revenues to, you know, multi-million uh, dollars. We went from two to three million in revenues to, you know, close to 10 million in revenues. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty, pretty grateful about that. And that's just a mom and pop. Sh- I mean, you know, the next phase I was working on with them was just even grander. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, and then I went on to get my MBA in finance and entrepreneurship at Rice University in mm-hmm. Houston, which was fantastic. Uh, so I got my MBA there and... Oh, I forgot about in, in all that time. I also mm-hmm. started a real estate investment company when I was uh, 23, mm-hmm. and which um, is doing great. And then a cryotherapy and float company, which was fantastic learning opportunity. Uh, made a lot of mistakes in that one, mm-hmm. uh, but good learning lessons. Well, that's how you learn. Yep, yep. And uh, then I finally have started uh, business consulting for. Um, I've worked with companies that are, you know they only have $10,000 to work with in terms of, you know, their sales and that mm. that's it. And we've grown them hugely. And then I've worked with multi-million dollar companies. So yeah. I've worked from little baby, baby companies to larger, larger companies. Yeah. And, um, 
I just love it. That's I love, excellent. I love uh, helping companies problem solve. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. have the exact answer, but I have the resources to help them go through the process and figure out what the answer is for that company. And that is so much of business though, is what is your process? How does it work? Are you able to repeat this process in right. a meaningful way over and over? And do you fine tune and do you do, do you adjust your process each iteration you run through? Right. Right. And do you do you understand where you have to have flex where you can say I don't know? You know, I think it, it stops people a lot in business is they don't want to say, I don't know. Yeah. And that, how can you grow if you don't say, I don't know? You know, that's, that's how you grow. Mm-hmm. I have had several coworkers over the years who just usually seem afraid to ask their bosses questions or afraid to ask their colleagues questions. And so they'll just go for months or sometimes even years under a certain assumption or just kind of flying under the radar because they're afraid to say, actually, what did you mean by that in this particular meeting? Mm -hmm. And there are ways that you can approach your boss, coworkers, your boss's boss, even in these, what seems like a scary situation in a really helpful and productive way. And even if it's just like, hey, can I have 10 minutes of your time? I didn't understand what you meant by this. Maybe you have done this in college between classes, like, hey, professor, whatever, can I walk with you to your next class? Because I I don't think I understood that thing that you said. And that couple of minutes of FaceTime with your boss goes a long way. It shows that you are willing to learn, that you want to learn, and that you're going out of your way to try and do better for the company and for your business unit. And that makes you stand up above the rest of the crowd. Right. Right. I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head is, is a part of that is being assertive with asking for what you need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's really the difference between people who go really far, whether it's in their company or individually, it's, it's making sure that you step in and, um, you know, connect with the next, with, with, with the information that you're missing. Yes. Yes. Uh, the motto for my life, I think, <laughs> right there. Or for everyone's life right now. Yeah. <laughs> what information are you missing, and how can you go get it? So I, I wanted us to talk about, you know, the idea that we've been kicking around. Yes. Um, and maybe we can, you know, just do a brainstorming session. I on, love it. On our idea. And, you know, see where it takes us. This is, so, so to lead into a little bit on this, uh, you know, when you're first developing a business idea um you know talk about it if you feel comfortable with somebody that you trust um, and somebody that uh, you don't need at the beginning to say why it won't work you want to have them say you know just keep those ideas coming um keep those ideas flowing because uh you never know the type of synergy that's going to happen between the ideas so take your take your mental brain out of it in terms of the judgment you know Mm -hmm. put put your parents voices in the back seat for right now Okay, or anybody else who's, you know, in your brain and really go in there with an open heart. And I again, I know that's cheesy, but I've it's it's worked numerous times for me. And all the most successful businesses don't take no for an answer. Right. Right. They figure out how their plan will work. Right. So what is our plan, you ask? So this is something that I have thought about for a while. I think I'm finding out that several of my friends have also thought about this idea for a while. And I think during a pandemic, it makes a lot of sense. I would like to start a queer-friendly commune of sorts. 
of sorts is of the part s- that I'm worried about with with doing this with you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, because what is a commune? What does that mean to you, to me? Does that mean we're going to start a cult? Probably. I mean, I'm not trying to set start a cult. You know, not trying to do that. Not trying to start a religion. And I would like it to be community-oriented to a certain extent because I'm also not running a democracy, right? <laughs> like, there I needs don't to be know a fa- what that is. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm envisioning is basically owning a chunk of land, a couple of acres, in somewhere that's not too expensive, right? So not in a city center, probably about an, an hour to an hour and a half outside of the city center where it could potentially house or have spaces for folks to camp, um, have small cabins that you would come rent for the weekend or a week on your vacation. I think there are so many different models to do. It's like, okay, do we do a sole owner and you do have a house on the property and then in separate corners of, of your large acreage, you have a community garden and you have a couple of cabins. There's, there's many ways to do it. I think some folks have already found a lot of success in the Airbnb market or also Hip Camp mm-hmm. is another website that they offer COVID friendly or social distancing friendly accommodations because all the hotels are closed right now. There's even national and state parks that you can't get into. And so folks right now in California, especially, are going away for their weekend trips on people's private property. And Ashley and I just stayed in what I thought was an awesome little shed. It was a shed from Lowe's or Home Depot that was insulated and it had drywalls and windows. And it was about eight feet by 10 feet and had a bed in there. And it had a bathroom that you would walk to as if you were camping. And it was lovely. We had great weather. There was shade. It was super quiet. They had like two or three chicken coops. They had a community garden. They had eggs from the chickens. Like it was a a sustainable model that they were definitely profiting off of. Right. And so even though you're only renting out to these people for a few days, you're making hundreds of dollars a month, if not thousands of dollars, renting it off on the weekends. And how hard could that be? The amount of effort that went into the cabin where we stayed in is the initial cost and installation. And then the ongoing effort is you had to wash the sheets. I think there's probably a little bit more to that. Sure. <laughs> but sure. I, I think what you're really getting at is they they took advantage of, of you know, utilizing their space mm-hmm. in a way that could make them a profit. And Absolutely. their initial investment you know, they basically, you know, that money is probably safer being being um, paid out through rentals right now in, in specific areas, mm-hmm. not all areas, uh, versus, you know, the volatility of the stock market yep. or other asset classes. So yep. I won't bore people with asset class <laughs> discussion, but, you know, it, it seems like they're just capitalizing on, on what they already have, which is great. Oh, yeah. And it was also very apparent that they had adjusted their business model since shelter in place has come into effect. So they already had a bit of land, but they adjusted the land's use to make a profit right now because there is a high demand for vacation right. areas. Separate, vacation where you have, you know, you're not interacting with other people. 
um, and you have your own yes. space, yes. so to speak. Yes. Wow. I mean, so so back to your, you know, back to our, I mean, you've come up with this. So, so the funny thing is, is that you contacted me and said, this is what I'd like to do. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the funny thing is, is I had something similar mm-hmm. and you had even reached out on a few properties and, and I originally, I initially said, you know, I've already been to that property yeah. for this exact purpose, <laughs> yes. um, which your response was, of course you have. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I did. I <laughs> texted her a link the other day. I was like, how about this property? She's like, oh yeah, I toured that. Like, huh. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of all the people I know, of course you um, But, you know, let's talk about it because I think you know, there's a really good book if, if anybody's thinking of starting a, a company um, called The Founder's Dilemma. And I, I can't, for the life of me right now, get the, the, the name of the author. But it's talking about, you know, how do you make the decisions when you're first starting up on, on who to include, mm-hmm. um, what to do, how to start. And, you know, right now we can probably just discuss, like, if we could have wave a magic wand and be in you know, this creative process yeah. right now, what would we want? We would want, let me tell you what I would want. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it's in alignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's um, you know, I'd want, you know, either depending on tax structures, and again, I won't bore everybody with that, but either uh, we talk about if we want an S Corp or C Corp, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want to make sure that they are not a thousand owners where you, you know, you don't have um, right decision you can't necessarily drive it's hard to turn a ship when five thousand people are rowing all different directions Mm -hmm. um so what's important to me is kind of a centralized ownership model um and that can be looked at different ways um it is important to me that we have multiple income streams so what i'm seeing just like you are um, kind of rv spots uh, tiny homes yurts kind of Mm -hmm. scenario um if people would like to have their tiny home built and revenues from that you know there's there's acquiring and getting a tiny home builder that would come in and, you know, we make a percentage of the, mm. the profits from that, that revenue. So from their revenues. Um, and then also a shared workspace that if you wanted to come in, like for instance, during this quarantine, a lot of people are spending a lot of time by themselves. Yes. And I think having a space where, yes, you still need to necessarily, you still need to live by yourself, so to speak. But in some of these places, you can actually be outside in the middle of the day in the shade and not, be completely consumed with 115 degree heat. Um, it's currently 109 degrees <laughs> outside. I don't even understand what that. I can't. I, I, I can't process that. Yeah, just give it a couple days. It'll be worse. <laughs> don't worry. It's going to be 111 tomorrow. That's. You know, I think I don't know how to pa- count past 110. I don't even understand. Yeah, that's. So um, go ahead. Th- no, there are even coffee places right now who are letting you know, it's, it's mostly single people who live by themselves come work at their coffee shop because they know that people are kind of losing their minds. Anybody who's forced to be alone right now, there are a lot of people who are having a hard time. And so people have definitely caught on to that. And we're now asking ourselves, okay, well, how can we take advantage for our business? Like, how can we make money off of this? And, or how can we just help the community during this time? I think my motivation is ultimately, how can we all of my business models have always been, how can we build a a sense of community? Yes. You know, in the, in my real estate, uh, development company, um, even in the cryotherapy company and, um, even in another couple of smaller companies I've helped with, it's Mm -hmm. how do we create community? And I think whenever you're starting uh, a business or starting an idea, the, 
for me, from my perspective, the most important thing is, is this serving a need that will really help people? Mm-hmm. You know, the money will, will come if you do something. And I'm not implying that you were saying this at all. But if you do something solely for, you know, revenues or solely mm-hmm. for that, you have a tendency or people have a tendency, not Katie, not Katie at all, <laughs> ha- to have a blind spot on um, what decision would actually be better for the company in the long term mm-hmm. because you only see it from a revenue standpoint, which might not be great in the short term. Right. You know? And I think that is also right there a great point for businesses and business models is what is the goal you're trying to achieve? What is the mission statement that mm-hmm. you end up creating for this business? And are the decisions that you make in the future really tied back to your original are they vision in alignment? and mission? Yeah, are they in alignment? And that's something, you know, we can, do, we can do multiple episodes about how to create a mission and vision statement that really gets to the heart of mm-hmm. what you're trying to accomplish. But then moving forward, it is up to whoever is in charge to make decisions that support that vision and mission statement yeah and yeah I uh, communal was a whole category (laughs) on my notes that I wrote up for this um yeah I uh, any minority person probably every person wants to feel like they belong somewhere Right. right and we are in California gay people can travel a lot of places around here and we're not going to be bothered but how many kids of gay parents can go be friends with kids of other gay parents that doesn't really happen as often because we're still not prevalent in society enough not not across the board and so this is just kind of a homogenous coming together of people who would like a sustainable life they would like to be in touch with the outdoors they would like to live maybe in a little bit better climate (laughs) (laughs) um um, and just kind of have the freedom to be and do what they want to do, especially now that the rules of society have changed so drastically, we can get out of our houses. A lot of us are working from home and we do not have to be tied to the San Francisco Bay Area or New York City. We can actually leave. Some people can even leave the state and and still continue their job full time. And me personally... I want to take advantage of this situation. I would like to travel. I want to go do something that I otherwise would not have been able to because I would have been tied to my cubicle. And just with talking to our friends, so many of us want that. And this is an idea that several folks have floated. Like, wouldn't it be great if we could take all the gays and put them on one hillside? Fuck yeah, it would. That would be <laughs> like, amazing. That would be most organized and yet like efficiently run hillside. And you like know? beautiful. Like, yeah. And yes. everybody, I don't, I just see butterflies and, yeah. and, and like probably re- a lot of glitter though. Probably too much glitter for my. Too much my glitter, team. but also like really sturdily built furniture, <laughs> decks, oh, a great irrigation man. system. This is, I, I can see this all. I can see it all. Right. I can see it all. This is, you know, it's, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a, it's, it's adaptability and it's, how do you, there's a new status, there is no status quo. The, the mm-hmm. status quo is that you don't know what the status quo is yeah. anymore. And, you know, change is the new normal and rapid, rapid change is the new normal. And so mm-hmm. being, you know, connected in nature, or back to your roots and in a community, I think that's what's missing in a lot of places. And I don't yeah. mean just the gay community, I just mean community. Mm-hmm. You know, do you know your neighbors? Do you have somebody you can even reach out to 
to talk to if you're feeling low, you know? And I, I don't know about you, but I love the fact of just having people nearby, even if I'm not, you know, directly, oh, yeah. you know, you know, looking at mm-hmm. you and doing directly, it's just knowing you're nearby. And if we needed to just have a quick conversation, yep. there's, there's a connection, yep. a connection point. So, you know, ultimately what I hear from you and we share the same vision of creating a, a connected community. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And, uh, you know, here growing up in Sacramento, I went to a high school where since high school, I have seen one person once, you know, uh, uh, but then I also lived in New England where multiple generations of families don't leave the same town. And so in in our neck of the woods, in our friends circle, which is quite large, we have people who have come from all over the country. Not all of us have family here. Right. Some of us who have family here don't talk to our family who's here. And community is very important for a lot of the reasons you just said. Mental health, you know, is at the top of one of my list or one of the mm-hmm. top of my list. And I also like being outside. I like the slowness. I like being able to disconnect from electronics. I like being able to move at my own pace and not seeming like I have a pile of work to do, even though if I were to start a commune, <laughs> there'd be a whole bunch of work to do. It'd just be something different than right. the mundane. And I think a lot of us right now are spinning our wheels. We're not okay with everything that we're doing. I am still working. You're still working. Mm-hmm. And so all of the responsibility is there. But the fun is not there. The release, the social excitement is not there. Well, and it's, I it's cannot there, take it that it's much there longer. It's in a, a dampened state. So I right. think that it's, you know, it's not all or nothing, but, you know, having a Zoom happy hour is probably not the same thing as, you know, hanging out mm-hmm. after working in, in, in the central kitchen where you're, you know, interacting and communi- uh, hanging out with your community. Yeah. And, you know, but here's, here's the difference. I think a lot of people, um, and I'm making a generalization here, but a lot of people get stuck in this ideation, in this idea phase. Yes. It's easy. And so it is, it's great. And it's fun to dream. It's fun to dream. But the, the work, quote unquote, is actually, what do you do to turn this into something that is actually tangible? What do you do? And a lot of people are like, ah, they don't know. And that's okay that you don't know. They don't, unfortunately, you know, and speaking strictly of the U.S. school system, I I, I don't know any, I've done, you know, college in Canada, but I don't know any other system. Um, You know, they don't teach as a a whole a lot of ingenuity on on entrepreneurship. They don't teach, you know, finance. They don't teach these things that would be so applicable in, our lives mm-hmm. and in our businesses and you know go ahead sorry i didn't No, i i I'm just i completely agree with you we most people even if they've gone through college have no idea about that stuff that right we don't we don't get taught that we we don't know it it's stuff that our parents don't even know we have convoluted tax laws every state has different laws um, one of my concerns with a project like this is beyond just the setting up of the businesses what kind of zoning would even be allowed in each county or in each jurisdiction? Would we, e- is this a business model that certain towns would not even allow because you're not allowed to subdivide so, your property, so right? You're like just, there's, you're just, you know, it's like eating out of the palm of my hand, meaning, <laughs> um, you know, you, you've, 
you've stumbled onto the first basic tenant when you're starting a business is you want to do a market analysis. What you want to do is you want to research, you know, who your competitors are, mm-hmm. um, what it is that you're bringing to the market. Why, what is so disruptive about your um, idea? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be the next Google. Okay, guys, this can be something minor. Um, but but really what it is, is what value are you bringing mm-hmm. to the market and how are you going to let your can let people know about your value mm-hmm. like are do you have your target market segmented out correctly and i know that i won't go into all the boring details we'll do another one where i, I kind of really go step by step so people can you know um write them down or, or follow mm-hmm. along a little bit more succinctly but you know the point is you know go uh, do a complete huge market analysis so you know how to position yourself because the positioning is going to help you be successful mm-hmm. and what a lot of people do is they think I have a great idea. And a lot of times they really are great. Yes. But they don't necessarily know how to translate that into action because they think, I know it's a great idea. Other people are going to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. But the the miscommunication that happens kind of between our head and our heart, and, you know, I say, is that you don't necessarily know, you're, 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 you're looking at too big of a target audience. Mm-hmm. And so when you're trying to, to accommodate too many people, and you're a kind of a one or two man show or a small company at the beginning, yep. um, you're 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 going to run into a lot of issues that you might not know how to navigate. Mm-hmm. So I would say is when you do a, a market analysis and you know an industry analysis, you know um, that's going to give you a lot of information for your next steps. So let's go into a little bit more detail here. So when I hear you say market analysis mm-hmm. and industry analysis. I'm thinking, okay, I am going to, for this idea, research different kind of campgrounds. Mm-hmm. I'm going to research Airbnbs and what their going market rate is in the in an area that might be... Um, who are the big I, players? Right. Who are the big players? Um, is it even allowed, right? Like, currently what I know in the area that, that I was looking at for property is they don't have a ton of things listed on Airbnb. Now, I don't know if that's because of the pandemic, or because of laws That's a good thing prohibiting you in that area. And so, right, like, I don't want to buy a piece of land where I can't do any basis of what I was thinking right. about doing. Right. So that's some of the information that I would want. I see my, I'm also in my head, even, even as we're talking about doing this, is I'm jumping to what would the initial cost be? Like, how much is land? How much would I so install? So, and so I keep jumping no, forward. No, that's, and, and, and that's okay. It's mm-hmm. not that you have to do these so linearly that it, it stifles your your communication. So you're, per- thank you. Like, you're, <laughs> I know you don't even le- technically know these steps, you know, each step. And it's not that there's, you must do one, two, three, four, five, and right. it must be this. But, you know, yeah, it jumps to what it would cost. And that's also what you want to start kind of creating your business plan or mm. a pro forma. And what that means is you kind of write down everything that you think um, it's going to be. And you start in your market research. Mm-hmm. If you find that it is a tangible idea, if you find that, you know, the big players in the market are Airbnb, let's just use this as an example. I know you haven't really fully researched mm-hmm. this, but Airbnb and um, Hip Camp, okay, yep. are your biggest competitors. And they make up, you know, 65% of the market. And then, you know, thousand other small players make up the other 35 percent mm-hmm. um how who are you going to position yourself against are you uh, you know probably not at the beginning hip camp and yes you're going against them but you know but i also can see 
part of my market research, going and staying at different types of hip camps and Airbnbs around the neighborhood to find out what makes certain certain rentals more attractive and more a hundred percent right and like it's like oh this one you know the one i stayed at was just a little shed i've also stayed in one that was a full garage and above the garage was an entire apartment and that was sweet there's all different levels and you want to look at trends like mm-hmm. the macro trends which is what you're looking at and the i mean the micro trends which is what you're looking at and the macro trends you know is the industry you know gearing more towards now a caveat with to that there is you know uh, COVID has completely changed how we're doing business. Oh, and yeah. so a lot of the trend patterns that we've seen in the past are actually not going to be applicable now. And that doesn't mean that you don't look at them and you don't use them. It just, for me personally, how I weight things is a little bit differently. I mm-hmm. might've put a little bit more weight on, you know, the, the trends of the, un- of the market, yep. you know, in the past versus now. And again, you know, trends don't mean exactly it's going to be that, mm-hmm. but y- you're right. To come back to what you're saying, you know, you need to take information from your experience, from other people's experience. Jump in as much as you can. Mm -hmm. If you cannot pull yourself to do tons or or jump into the market research idea, starting the business is going to be really tough for you because you have to be able to jump in and do some of the mundane and be passionate about it enough to want to stay into the mundane part because business is rewarding and it's Mm -hmm. hard. And you have to be able to um, get through your, you have to be able to override that feeling of like, I'm really tired or I don't, this mm-hmm. isn't as fun. This isn't the glamorous side of business. Well, and every job, no matter what you have, has the grueling parts that nobody wants to do. I know, I, they know, do. I just, it's just. You just got to suck it up and get over that and hope that one day you can hire someone to do those parts <laughs> for you, right? Is that the dream? That is, is that, the <laughs> that, is, that is the dream. That is a dream. Um, but, you know, you're you're absolutely right. I think to, to, you know, circle back around when you're doing the market research, it's okay that you want to jump ahead to the business plan. Mm -hmm. I think that you'll be surprised that there are things that get teased out from market research that would be added to your business plan that if you jumped ahead, you would actually kind of have some blind spots that, um, I completely agree with you. Yeah. And it's, you're going to have blind spots in business as it it is what it is. Uh, but it's, it's, being flexible enough to just say, oh, okay, didn't see that. Okay, yeah. let's, you know, but you need to know where you're steering, at least the direction. Oh, you yeah. You don't know the direction, it's, yep. you know. And to me, this is, has a lot of overlap with project management and seeing a project through the ideation phase to completion and then even the last step coming together and doing a lessons learned type of meeting, right? And it's that, you start off with a plan and then you're like, okay, well, how feasible, how reasonable is this plan? And you kind of go back and forth between these two steps. And like the classic model would be the waterfall model Mm -hmm. of project management. And in my mind, I have always preferred to look at the bigger picture and how the different steps interrelate. And I don't have much trouble going back and forth. So I can see myself doing my market research and just having multiple lists going like, okay, this is what the market analysis is telling me. And because of that, like during my research, even if I'm not done, I'm going to write down ideas of what that could mean for the carry carrying out phase and, and, and the end result. I, or I love that. I think you, you, you never want to at the beginning, I, I'm a firm believer. Everybody has their own philosophy that you never want to limit yourself to the exact idea that you think it should be. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes in the market research, you get, get more information 
so this is a, a big idea, right? Like, I, I am aware enough to know <laughs> I'm not just going to step into a perfect lesbian commune, right? Like that's I, not I don't know. And maybe you maybe you just you falls into your lap. Uh, that would pun be intended. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet. But um, oh, no, I, I I I think it's important for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have amazing project management experience. Um, but all of us, whether you're starting out, this is your first business, your tenth business, a thousandth business. Um, you know, I. How are you going to be held accountable? Yes. How are you? Are you going to get a trusted friend? Um, that's why a lot of my clients hire me as a, as a business coach mm-hmm. is is the accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know exactly what they're facing because I'm not them, but mm-hmm. I've been at in a successful business from the beginning up and I've been in a failing business mm. and, you know, have, from have lost it down. from the beginning <laughs> down. And I'm, I publicly talk about that because I think it's important to know that, you know, people can have the best of intentions and it's still not work. Mm-hmm. But I know now that I didn't have the level of accountability then that I needed to have mm. um, to make it work. Yeah. So, you know, guy leading into what you were discussing is, you know, yes, making it into breaking it down into manageable steps mm-hmm. can be like, can feel like a daunting task. So find either, either do it yourself or find a trusted friend and mm-hmm. or um, business coach, because mm-hmm. you know, the money that you invest in that, if you're really serious about your idea will come back tenfold. I mean, it's not oh, a yeah. guarantee, but just um, I've seen so many people that I've worked with become so successful because they just had that accountability mm-hmm. and they could move through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they got stuck, they could discuss it. And there was a logical discussion instead of a lot of emotion and because they were attached to the idea. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just, you know, I'm excited because I think that this really can uh, be a great venture. And I know that, you know, through more research and through market research, we'll, we'll find out even some more opportunities. I think also it would be fun. It would be good for my soul. It would be good for the souls of others and you know I, I the first couple of properties I looked at the other day I was like I could sell my house today <laughs> and give someone $200,000 to like make sure I have property or uh, like electricity and sewer right be fine and like I could live out of the casita <laughs> for she's gonna take my long. casita yeah. that I've <laughs> that I'm sitting in my driveway um no, and I texted Ashley the other day. I was like, so, like, how about I just buy the land and we throw a camper on it or we throw a tiny home on it? And she goes, as long as it has good internet, <laughs> like, right away. Oh, man, you're going to spend, response. like, $100,000 in infrastructure improvements and $50,000 on, like, a satellite internet connection. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it'll be the most efficient. But it'll be, <laughs> you know, oh, God, goodness. I just, um, we just need to buy a telephone tower right That's like rent it rent that it is out definitely <laughs> when you talk about going back into the country definitely buying a huge telephone tower is definitely the first thing that you should definitely do yeah <laughs> <laughs> that i envision on the land yeah. um but you know look you can still you can be a go-getter and still have to have and be really smart at your craft and mm-hmm. still have an accountability buddy oh however yes. that looks because yes. i think you know I would say I'm a go-getter mm-hmm. and I have accountability buddies mm-hmm. and I would say you're a go-getter and, and, and I definitely I, do. Yeah. You definitely yeah. have accountability buddies. So, you know, if I can impart any wisdom to our listeners, uh, on, on this podcast is, 
make sure it's okay if you don't have all of the answers mm-hmm. before you take the net first step. Yeah. Um, but just make sure that you take the first step, number one, and number two, you get somebody that can support you. You know, get somebody that you that holds your holds your hand or holds mm-hmm. the holds whatever so that you can keep going. Yeah. I would also make the argument that if you think you have all the answers before you've done any research, you're wrong. <laughs> and this is maybe not the best idea, for, right? Like you, yeah. can't, you can't be so close minded that you're like, nope, I don't need to do my research. This is going to work. You know, here's the thing. I think that you can have the passion. Absolutely. That you're, that you're talking about. Um, but if you don't have the perspective to understand that you need to, be flexible to other opinions or other ideas, um, especially at the beginning. Then yeah. you might, you might hit a few more road bops, uh, bo- blocks. Oh my gosh! I like bops. Bops. Yeah. Apparently, I can't speak road bops today. Road bops. It's like um, whack a mole. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, a lot of people I have found over the years, you know, get really get really excited about their idea. They mm-hmm. do the research, okay, even even if they start for a few days, they haven't done months of research, but they've done a few weeks of research, yeah. okay, and there's one small thing, and they get really disillusioned with it, they're like, I can't, yeah. I can't do this, and, and the thing is that I found that with a lot of people, they just need to be able to understand how to handle kind of when those roadblocks hit, mm-hmm. how to, how to go around them. Yeah. But if you've never been taught that you can go around those roadblocks, then you just think that the the roads the roads closed, you can't use it, and that's not necessarily the case. Well, and the fortitude to keep trying right. that the first time you try and go around or through or over a wor- roadblock doesn't work doesn't mean you just give up. That means you right. find a new way. Right. Go talk to someone. Um, I so a year and a half ago, I started flipping my first house and. The week before Christmas, I had my realtor come over and say, okay, like, what do I need to do? Like, I want to, basically my goal at that point was when can we sell it for the most profit and what do I need to do to maximize the profit or the return on investment? And like, here's how much money or time that I have to work on it. And so she gave me a huge list and just kind of like blew me apart and was like, you need new floors. You need to repaint your cabinets. Every single wall needs to be painted. Like, okay, that's easy. Um, and she's like, I'll decide next time I come back if you need countertops. I'm like, oh my God. And so she just kind of, she, everything, everything needed something. And so walking out of that meeting, I was like, ah, I need a drink. It was so draining. We all and know it was that feeling. Like, uh, like all <laughs> yeah. of us are holding our breath right now. Like, oh gosh, we've been yeah. there. Yeah. Like maybe not in selling our house, but we've been in that scenario Some- that there's just too much to do. Mm-hmm. And how do you organize it? Right. How do you prioritize it? Right. And it's daunting and it's overwhelming. And going through that experience, we started, I called a couple of my friends and I was like, I know you know how to paint (laughs) and I will pay you. And we started painting my walls the day after New Year's. Wow. So I guess January 2nd last year. And it sold by the middle of April and we did everything. And I was tired. But how did you know to prioritize? How did you know how to prioritize? Well, so like for example, you would want to paint your walls before you lay the floor so that you don't get paint on the floor. Right there. So there's some types of things. So you understand the process. This is the order that you go in. 
I definitely was talking to my realtor on a regular basis because she did this and I trusted her very much. And I'm very glad I did because she made me more money because I listened to her. And while it, it took a lot of work and money up front and it was scary at a couple of times, it paid off in the end. But also I knew that I had someone I could trust who has been doing real estate in this area and knows what she's talking about. I also enlisted the help of my friends. Oh, two of them happen to be architects. <laughs> so so that was really freaking helpful. That was. And I also, like, I'm a kind of a social person. And I would just tell people, like, yeah, I'm, I'm redoing my house, redoing my house. And I, I casually mentioned it one day at work. And my coworker talked to me for an hour and a half. And then he's like, oh, and did you know this other coworker owns a cement company? I'm like, well, shit. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> and so just by talking to other people, it, it gave me so many ideas. And it was also, like, how do I say this? Um, I, like, took a giant leap forward in my adulting career <laughs> <laughs> last year. Um, and so it was really cool talking to people who are just a couple of years older than me and they're like oh yeah I remember selling my first house right because to buy your first house you think you're awesome and everything's great and it is and it's so cool and it's so rewarding and freeing but then to fix it and sell it is a whole other ball game and it was really nice having people along the way who were just like you can do it like it's gonna be over before you know it it's going to be worth it and what a couple of folks said is by the end of this, you won't know what you could accomplish next. Yeah. Because it was so much work. It was almost every single day. And I was still working full time. Oh gosh. That's I a was lot of balance. also coaching baseball. Oh, wow. And so I was just busy. Like I did not have a life. I didn't see my friends for a couple of months. Um, I, re I remember <laughs> like last summer seeing someone and they're like oh how's your house flipping and I was like oh, that's done I'm in the new one I got this done we got new ceiling fans coming in on Tuesday and it was just I didn't know how long I was away from my friends <laughs> because I was so busy and every single day I was doing and accomplishing something but it even though I was so tired then it gave me this feeling that I can accomplish and do whatever I want like, if you, I can accomplish anything that I want to accomplish. So, you, you what I hear you, uh, hearing you say is that you took the intangible of, you know, everything you needed to do and made it tangible. I mean, you oh, made yeah. it happen. Yes. And and being able to prioritize and understand. And so, in your example or in, in this in this understanding, you know, you didn't have to do the market research because you, you in this case, you mm -hmm. hired somebody to do that. That exactly. was your realtor. So, yes. y y that is the same process in... Uh, the business mm -hmm. world or the business model as well. I mean, you did everything. You you did it. You understood the financial plan. You built a business plan. And by business yes. plan, it was you prioritized and organized how you were going to manage yeah. your house, things like that. And then you you executed it and you yeah. did it. But you also had people along the way who mm -hmm. were there helping and, you know, setting a plan. And we also pivoted, you know, um, for home remodel, it's easy to say like, oh, look, I just found this on eBay and I'm sure we can put it in the bathroom on as a shelf or whatever, right? But you also go the other way too and you accidentally cut into a wall you weren't supposed to because that happened. It's like, okay, well now I have to figure, I have to stop. I have to readjust my plan within the confines of the overall project. And that is being an adult 101, right? 
yeah. how do you, how do you pivot and adjust? How do you pivot and adjust? I mean, in, in our lives, like, how do you do it? What do you do? What do you do to make sure that you're aware that you need to pivot? Yeah. And usually, I, <laughs> usually my first step is a big sigh. We've been a lot of this on this and show. The, so. Yeah. And, and then it's like, okay, this is now something that I, it's identified, right? Yep. And so now we know it's a problem. What's the best way to fix it? And sometimes a friend knows. Sometimes Google usually knows. Usually YouTube knows. Yes. And yes. you just go from there and you just kind of tackle the problems as they come and, and get expertise from anyone you can. And so while this business venture seems huge, I don't think I would have just done this two years ago. I would not have even done a podcast two years ago. I think I had to go through that flipping my house and all of that work to just kind of prove to my own self how much I'm capable of doing. And if you didn't have access to those people, mm-hmm. you would have found access. You know, you would have, yes. you, you, you had a lot of friends built in that time. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't, it's it's in your community. If you are where Katie was two years ago, where you, you know what you want to do, mm-hmm. it's scary, mm-hmm. you are trying to organize yourself you are you're reaching out you're asking but you're not necessarily you know know the right thing it's it's putting people in your life that can and i hate to come back to this but accountable that hold you accountable you know how are you going to prioritize or talk about that Mm -hmm. you know hey i'm thinking of doing this in the next few steps yeah you know how did you know that you know it's common sense because it's common sense but how did you know that you know you don't put the floors down first and (laughs) then paint you know so that takes um that takes understanding mm-hmm. and asking questions and an experience and we are like on your resume how it's always like four years of college education or three years of relevant work experience right there's learning about it in theory and then there's also doing it whatever the it is and you advance your knowledge through both of those those means and whatever yep. works best for you like go for it go do it rock on but you will be able to find a way to do what you want if you are vulnerable, if you yes. ask questions, if you're willing to put in the work. Yes. Um, or if you're just naturally wealthy and you want to pay people to do those things <laughs> for you, I guess, is the third option. I, I guess, I, I mean, mean, that's, I guess that's my goal. I may, you know, I'm just, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, you're right. It is, um, it is about, man, I keep losing my train of thought. Mm-mm. I haven't done that in forever. What are we talking about? I have to oh cut it. God um that you can accomplish anything that you want to do okay sorry so why don't you take us so right now we're kind of on the I would say maybe we're on the market research phase of now I have this idea of what I want to do I know that other businesses have done it or similar enough things that are worth researching what then why don't you just touch on what our next steps would be and then we can record another episode after we've actually done the research um a lot of people have different variations of this list, and it doesn't mean that this is an exhaustive list. I'm mm-hmm. being a little bit um, condensed for this this podcast because I'm sure people will fall asleep. If we I thank you. We go into, uh, you know, the tax policies of this yeah. company, Yasselection. Um, but it's doing the market research, uh, writing your business plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that doesn't mean that you have to be exactly, you know, if you wrote that you're having um, RV rentals and you decide, you know, a little bit later down the line that you don't, um, you can pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to make sure that you're staying within kind of the alignment of what you see. Um, also, I'm I'm a firm believer in really in that market in that market research, really understanding 
you know, initially who my target population, target segment would be. Yes. Um, segmenta- segmentation, targeting, and, you know, um, positioning. Call it STP. So, you know, after you've done all this, I'm, I'm glossing over a lot of things. You you want to do, you want to create your, your business plan, um, and that includes, like, your pro forma, um, how you're going to receive your funding, um, mm. what kind of leverage you have, what kind of structure, and um, when I work with companies, it's it's figuring out um, how they want to set it up so they can be the most advantageous for themselves um, yeah. financially. And it doesn't mm. mean that you know you're doing we're doing everything by the book legally, but different uh, company structures are going to be different be- benefit different types of of businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you figure out you know a how you're going to fund it, b the location. Are you just a completely e-commerce site? Are you here in one state? Mm-hmm. Are you where are you like what what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and then you want to, you know, we go through the process of the legal stuff, registering your name. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be, you know, an LLC with, you know, are you doing a subchapter S election? You know, what are you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, things that are also really important, you know, social medias and, and, and getting all that, getting all that set up. Um, you know, when you get your federal tax ID and, and, and things like that. So Again, these are, I'm overly simplifying mm-hmm. this process uh, thoroughly, but it's really important that you just do it. You're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel like, you know, uh, the biggest secret I can tell somebody is um, <coughs> imposter syndrome uh, keeps a lot of people on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I love is I love working with people who. You know, I've experienced it. I've felt like, who's going to listen to me? Yeah. And, you know, I, I have a lot of knowledge. I, I offer a lot of value. And, I, and I'm, I'm good at what I do because I love what I do. I love talking about business and organizing, things like that. Um, but I had imposter syndrome. I felt like I, you know, that person over there knows more. Mm-hmm. And it's, I keep coming back to the accountability because it's, it's making sure that even if that, that voice is there, you're like, okay, you can sit in the back seat, but you're not driving. You know, yeah. if you want to come along for the ride, you can come. Mm-hmm. You can be here, but I'm I'm steering. Yeah. So, um, you know, for some of you guys who who want more information, you know, I'm I'm open to even, you know, doing an introductory call to just say, hey, like, here's not, not to try and get money or get things from mm-hmm. me. I, I want to guide you to, you know, if I can help you, great. But if not, somebody else who you can get help but oh yeah um if you go to finances.fit and um you can read more about me and you can read more about you know the services i offer but Mm -hmm. this is more just i want to be i want to be a connector for people who don't necessarily know where to start just just a jumping off point and you know whether i help them or other people i just even want to give a list of you know potential youtube videos they could watch Mm -hmm. Um, because i i don't want here's what I do want. I was want to speak in the positive. I want people to be able to get, have access to information as much as possible. Yes. Um, and be able to just kind of gobble it up as much as they can. Mm-hmm. And if they need help and they need that accountability, you know, I'm here, but if I can offer information where they can just take it and run and do it themselves, more power to them. Brilliant. Yeah. More yes. power to them. Like, the more successful people we have in the world, it, the better it is for everybody else. Yes. There is enough success for everybody. <laughs> yes, there okay? is. Okay, just uh, yes. a lot of people I think are, are, are competitive, and I think it's good to be competitive, but I think uh, a lot of people need to realize that there is enough of the pie for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's we can help our neighbor. Oh, yeah. You know? 
Yes. <laughs> so I will link to Alex's site in our show notes, and you can check us out on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. We're yeah. not on YouTube yet. No, do you have a Snapchat? Check us out. <sighs> no, it's too many things. It's just me. Um, <laughs> so check us out, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I will link Alex's website in our show notes. So go ahead and check her out if you want to. And we will dive into a bit more information or the next steps of creating a business plan in our next episode after I do some market research. This here. is, I'm, I'm so huh. excited. I <laughs> could... I could talk uh, business and business plans uh, all all day, all night long. So yeah, well, I think we're about to go swim, <laughs> and we can go do it out there. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, folks. We will catch you next time on Out to Adult. We've laughed. We've cried. <laughs> we've given our advice. We've given advice. Now go forth and live with pride. Yeah, live with pride. Yeah. Oh. Ow.